You are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. Hey everybody! We are live. Live we are. Chris Denman here. Travis Terrell. I'm Michael Gaines. It's your Wednesday edition. Wednesday. Got some time. Figured we'd uh, do a little preview of the upcoming Target Practice Live, which you can buy tickets at OffBroadwaySTL.com. Come out, see the Rose Show. But we talk about it all the time, Gaines. What were you gonna say? Do you guys say like Wednesday? I used to always do that in grade school, so I knew how to spell it. I did too. I have to admit, I did too. Wednesday. Why is that word so difficult to spell when you're a kid? Because it doesn't. Do Public school s- failed you. Because it doesn't sound like how it, it does spelled. not. It should be W E N D S D A Y. You're exactly right. So my question is, why does the white man confuse us like this? I don't know. Keep you on your toes. Smart. You doesn't want to know the origin of the word. Please. I'll give it to you in a couple minutes as no, you guys talk good. about something else. <laughs> Happy uh, Gaines Crush Wednesday. No, he he is looking good. Seventeen pounds down. He's working it. I love it. I love and he's and the abs are coming back. Old English. It was Wonderstog. Oh really? Of course. How can I fit get the Rongastog? Named after a Germanic god Odin or Woden. That's kind of dope. The Supreme God. We should rename the days of the week. We reboot and remake everything else. Why not rename the days of the week? If oh, you could rename um, the days of the week, what are the seven days? Um, Mondays will be called Monday's shit day. tired. Yeah, it'll be like shit day or tired day. No, Tuesday, shit day. Tuesday's the worst day of the week. Okay, so it's Tuesday's will be called shit day. Shit day. It'll be Wednesday. Like a... Middle week day. Con- no, like controlled, controlled yay. Because, you know, Wednesday's like, oh, getting there. Almost day. Almost day. Almost day. Thursday, Little Friday. Little Friday, I like that. Little Friday, that will be Friday then. Finally? Finally day. Finally day. Finally day, okay. Saturday. And Saturday, it's like, I'm hungover, but I I only have one day left of the weekend, so I got to do something. (laughs) So, uh, do, do stuff day. Yeah, and then Sunday's, ah, shit, tomorrow's, tomorrow's <laughs> tired day. I didn't get anything done day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Procrastination day. Yeah. That's Sunday. <laughs> this is, that's the more accurate, accurate description of these days. Smart. I like that. Let's get that passed. Hey, I was thinking we keep uh, telling people to come out to this roast tournament. We should talk about it a little bit. We got eight comics. Right. Ryan Dalton, Tim Convy, Nathan Orton, Sarah Pearl, Spencer Techmeyer, Bobby Jaycox, Cameron Keys, Brandon Judd. I believe that's everybody. Correct? Yeah. We got a good friend, of course, Chris Sear, who will be the opening act, our feature comedian for the show. For those who haven't gone to a show or not familiar with the show, it's 
a roast tournament where essentially we found we we have cultivated, if you will, the local comedic scene here in St. Louis. But yeah, it's our. It's gotten bigger because of us. Our, our doing only, of course. No, we well, we're all big fans of roast comedy, and then you have these roasts that have, and it's fairly popular now. I mean, obviously, you've had uh, the Friars Club doing roasts of people for forever, for years. Yeah, but you see uh, Roast Battle, which is a regular show at the Comedy Store in L.A. Yeah, they had some a successful uh, couple runs during comedy festivals. Comedy Central picked it up. Jeff Ross hosts it. You have judges. Comics just bash each other the whole time. And whenever you have that level of either probably feature or mostly headliner level, people that are in movies and stuff on this, either way, you have these comics, you can have material and you can ask a lot of them to go after each other. On the local level, whenever it's a smaller show, people aren't used to doing it as much. They've got other 8 million things. Maybe they have a full-time job on top of doing stand-up. We were like, okay, how can we do this to be different? We do a segment where we pick, you know, Donald Trump or Santa or sports figures on our radio show to make this happen and make fun of people, which we need to do another target practice soon, don't we, as a segment. Is that a do you think that's a podcast, podcast segment, segment or a that's radio absolutely show? Absolutely a podcast one. I think as far as getting the most heat for your roast. See what I did there? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I definitely think we should do it for podcast. No, we wanted to do something different with the tournament rather than just a straight up roast where everybody has to come up with that. So let's break it down. So night one was fun, but a little disorganized the first time we did it. Was it was a pilot. I always say it was a pilot. I like people say it's, I wouldn't even go as far as say it's disorganized. I say it's uh, our first venture into something that was extremely unique and hadn't been done That's before. True. And it was a so really you're gonna fun get night. That, you're going to get what we got that night, put it that way. Yeah, second night I thought was tight. Was really dope. figured everything out. Was hot flames. Comics had a better idea of what was going on. Absolutely. There were a few comics that watched the first night. So yeah, trial run first night that ended up turning out really, really good, uh, in my opinion. I think on the third, we've got a better venue. It's more, I say better for this setup. Loved doing it at Southtown, but more, I guess, just set up for live performances. It's a concert venue, right? I think, yeah, I think that's what's, I mean, that's the type of venue that most comedians are traditionally used to performing on. So they should be, they should feel very comfortable. A true stage, yeah. sound set up for mm -hmm. big, uh, big sound and everything. So we'll have the crowd there. We'll have three judges, right? Haven't announced the judges yet. That's fun to go back and forth. So Travis and I will host it. And then we'll start off the night. We walk out. We say hello. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Hey, Fuck what's you up? guys. Yep. And thank you for giving us your money. That's basically how I plan on starting. That's what I've written down in the script. Makes sense. Gain stands around with a clipboard. That's I run the West Coast offense. He's the, uh, <laughs> he takes the producer to a key. We'll have Matt Rocchio coming back to help out with some sound. Is that Mike McCarthy over there behind the stage? Uh, we've got Justin uh, going to run around probably. We say security, but at an event like this, it's more like, oh, hey, bathroom's over there. <laughs> I'm about to right? say. And that's not even a shot at you. I don't think you need security at something like this. What's well, like? Hope uh, not. Uh, I don't know. Some comics, as we've seen, can get pretty uh, angry at yeah, some results. Well, that was fun. <laughs> well, Justin, are you ready for uh, security detail at this? Um, well, um, I would if I didn't have to work my real job. Oh, okay. So you won't be there. So you're phoning it in. Uh, wow. Typical yeah. intern. I asked Jada will stand uh, in for you three different times, and uh, they said no, no, and no. So. <laughs> Well, the beauty of a thing like Selfish. this is that 
It isn't like everyone prepares for their own stand-up routine. So they have their way of working a room or coming up with their particular content for their comedy set. Here, it's a little bit more, it's a quick draw. It's still will the generally the comedians will be performing at the tournament have a idea of what to expect, but it's a pretty quick draw. So you have to think on your feet and you don't know what you're going to get out of this audience. A lot of times, a lot of local comedians, a lot of up and coming comedians like to lean on an audience. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you start off, you have a tendency to go to certain clubs and certain venues because you know you're going to get a particular response when you perform there. Here, you don't necessarily have that here. You don't have that safety net. I would even, it, there's you won't, I, I don't know of any of the local comics that do listen, but if you're listening to this, I would use this as a game plan. Don't forget who's putting the show on. It's us. People get a kick out of making fun of us. Now, I don't get a kick out of it happening. I don't care for it one bit, and it's very debilitating to my current emotional state. But if it gets laughs, why not, Chris? Why not? More the merrier. No, I say if you're going to break it down, come up with a joke. And then also what's good about this, so we do celebrities as a topic, historical figures, uh, what else? St. Louis theme. St. Louis as a theme. You can whip that around. So we had Gandhi as a uh, as a topic last time, and a comic killed with a joke about how Gandhi was skinny enough that I would have sex with him. <laughs> that's pretty funny. But that's bringing it back where it's like, Genius. how the hell am I supposed to write a joke about Gandhi? Well, it's like, no, bring it into the situation. So so basically what you're saying is make it about you. You want this night like I want to, to be about you. Rate. Right, yeah. About a, right. a roast of Kristen disguised <laughs> as, as target, target practice, practice last three. I, I, well, I, one thing I think just if you look at some of the greats uh, over the many decades in comedy, like they will tell you this is where you ultimately separate yourself. You'll hear Seinfeld, you'll hear Chris Rock, you'll hear Chappelle, you'll hear Kevin Hart, you'll hear Jamie Jamin Fox. You'll hear these guys say that if you really want to take your brand as a comedian to the next level, this is where it happens. And I never realized. I always just thought it was a thing that in order for you to build tough skin as a comedian, you these guys roasted each other. Well, so much comes from this, from your writing, your creativity, your crowd work. So, so much goes into you being able to roast another comedian or someone else. It forces you to write a bunch of new material that's not going to take you. Listen, we do it for the fucking segment. It does not take you five hours to come up with this stuff. You can come up with a whole show's worth of material sure. in a short amount of time. And then you fine tune it over the weeks and, and days leading up to the show. So yeah, creatively, it's going to spark more of that in you. And then it's going to allow you to think on your feet too. What if, you know, what if the audience has come, what if you've pretty much played to a bunch of respectful audiences and then you're out on the road and you've been doing comedy for three years and you, you haven't had that experience. So things like this can absolutely help that situation, help you get those kind of weird reps in that you still need. And the best thing about this particular tournament is that, I like to, I, I won't go as far as to call them seasoned veterans, but these, I think these comedians are ready for that next step. These comedians are on the verge of being able to feature and tour across the country at big venues and big festivals. And some, some already do. presently do. Yeah. Uh, some have Comedy Central is on their resume. Some have had an opportunity to, to tour with Carly Aquilino. So they've had people 
that they've been out on these scenes before. So I, I, one thing I'm excited about this upcoming tournament is that these are people I feel are l- literally a opportunity away from being considered the next big thing in comedy. Certainly some of the next big thing coming out of the city of St. Louis. Yeah, and that's what, I mean, that's the whole kind of perspective we have with this. It's like, it's fun to do unique stuff and to come out and have a few drinks on the weekend and, and hit up something that you're not, oh, it's not the same grind through a bar, you know? I mean, that's, I mean, that's what, when you force yourself to go have some fun, it's amazing the results you find. <laughs> well, especially here in St. Louis. I know frequently the conversation is, uh, especially for St. Louis natives, there's nothing to do. There's nothing going on. I think one unique thing about this particular event is that it is rare, but it allows you to not only see great comedy, but support a scene that a lot of people, I don't want to say ignore, but don't give enough credit to because they feel like, well, in order for you to be a great comedian, we need to be in Chicago. You need to be in L.A., you need to be in New York. That's great. You can go there for great comedy, but you'll be surprised that some of the best comedy that you'll enjoy is actually in your own backyard. And it's certainly here in St. Louis. St. Louis. How about the atmosphere, too? Oh, absolutely. What We got two, what, two people on the office that were from St. Louis. Three. Three. And Two you, that were from. One just was a cheerleader here. And then you have, of Phyllis course... Phyllis is from south of St. Louis. I think she's from the city itself, though. Mm, she grew up, I believe, right outside of St. Louis. So she's a St. Louis, and I thought... you got Ellie Kemper, who, of course, is now her third season of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. You have a lot of people. you got... Uh, you got so many comedians. Obviously, you go to the Cedric Entertainers of the world, the Dick Gregory's of the world. So many great entertainers. So John great, Goodman. John Goodman. So many great comedians. Harold Ramis went to Wash U. Who Michael else? Gaines. I, well, hold the phone there. What did you say? Harold Ramis went to Wash That's U. That's right. So you have you, this. There's a history of great comedy, not just, oh, that one guy that in that one movie. No. St. Louis has a great history of great comedy. And a lot of these comedians are following in those footsteps. And that's why we're encouraging everyone to come out, not necessarily just to specifically support an event that we think is pretty cool. Bella Smith, born in St. Louis, Missouri, graduated oh. from UMSL in 72. Oh, nice. Wow. That's, so you, yeah. So you have these people who have been very successful in comedy who are in our own backyard. And I, again, it's easy for me because I have a bias and I know a lot of these guys that are competing in this upcoming Target Practice Live. But I think when you compare it to some of the talent that you may see on YouTube or on Netflix, I can easily say that they're up there with those elite talents. And that's why I think it'd be good for everyone. If you're in the area, spending the easy 15 bucks coming out on a Saturday night, having some drinks and enjoying an event like this. No, it is. It's a good time too. And I think my, I'm trying, what was you guys' favorite part of the first one? I like the, I, I like the audience interaction. That was going to be my personally. thing. I enjoyed everyone because it was a bit of uncertainty. I think everybody weren't sure what they're going to get. You, everyone's been to a stand up. Everyone's been to an open mic. I don't think people knew what they were going to get from this show. So everyone was was very uh, eyes were really open and hesit like I was say hesitant, but they were very you know on the edge. What do we got here? To, what we what what's going to happen? We can tell you what it's going to be all we want. Sure. But what it actually turns into, you know, you don't really necessarily know. I th- another thing too, I was uh, so pleasantly surprised by all of the comics and their versatility and the work that they put into it. Oh, absolutely! That I was like, oh, that's the way you're going to go with that. Like we had them commentate in the second round a YouTube video, two like YouTube videos are just stupid videos, very random, that whatever. And then you get these people. I'm like, holy shit! Even just off the cuff. There's a crowd there ready to laugh that's having drinks. 
it's funny to watch a stupid video and watch someone who tells jokes for a living make fun of it. <laughs> it's also a non-comedy crowd watching comedians do their work, too. Right. Yeah, you're not talking about super... I mean, there were definitely people who have been to shows, but yeah, the majority of people were there to... Just, oh, it's a We Are Live thing. and That's why I think it's is unique. Again, you don't... Certainly in the St. Louis area, you're not going to get an event like this uh, because, again, it, it, it... Essentially, we're forcing the comedians to to almost come a bit unprepared. It's more of a game show than it exactly. is a, 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 a stand-up set. And a stand-up, you can almost try to guarantee laughs, or you're thinking, well, I prepped this before, and it's gotten laughs at other places. Well, we don't know what you've written is actually going to get any laughs or response at all. So I think having that sense of uncertainty makes this a very unique and fun event because there could be someone who's very polished and seasoned who will get on stage and absolutely airball. I think that's the Happened cool yeah, absolutely. I think that's the cool element. Was it uncomfortable? No, no, no. Do you because find, it was still do you, fun. Do you find bad comedy uncomfortable though? Mm, there's been some that's been. <laughs> we, yeah. was, you say that like there's some open mics I can think of right off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah, that yeah and that's just, tough because you can't go into an open mic thinking it's cool. very but, true. But yeah, un, unfortunately, whenever it's really bad and you've seen some really good stand-up, yeah. you're going to compare it to that. It's not fair to It's do not that. fair, but it is fun to... Comp- but it, it does let you know how difficult the art is. It like It's very. It's something that a lot of people take for granted because it doesn't look sophisticated. It doesn't come off as completely intricate, but there's so much that goes into a routine that I don't think people take into account. If you've ever been in a room with a comedian working on material... There's nothing scientific about it. There's nothing absolutely organized about it. Like, it's kind of one of those things where I don't know how this is going to come out, but in their head, in that moment, it makes sense to them. And when you see it then on stage, it's, it's kind of beautiful to watch. I don't. Well, know. that's also why I feel like reviewing comedy is unfair. Very Because true. it's comedy oh, you is can't. subjective. <laughs> it is. You can't. It is. So, like, to review something and be like, I didn't think it was funny. Well, you didn't, but 35 other people <laughs> laughed in the audience. And it's, and I look, I've always had an appreciation for comedians. I've, I think for me, like, um, I, where I knew comedy was like, oh man, this is, you can weaponize comedy. You can probably save the world. Chris Rock, bigger and blacker at the Apollo. Um, one, Chris Rock had all the hype behind him and he was nailing it. And this was his first big, Big, big comedy special, and it was at the Apollo. And I don't, I don't like to say that when it comes to race, different audience react a particular way. But I, I feel personally, some of the toughest rooms to work are completely all black audiences. Like they are very, <laughs> hey motherfucker, you make us laugh, or I will stab you in the parking lot. Well, like they are very okay, eh, maybe stereotypical there, but. They, they're very intense and serious about that comedy. So when you walk into a setting like in New York City at Apollo at the peak of your game, like you better bring it or else. Having to perform under that pressure and then knocking it out the ballpark for me completely changed the way I looked at comedy because there's so much that goes into that. And that's literally, and a lot of comedians do that now, that's a year of material. That's a year of him trying things out where man, I did this in Poughkeepsie and this sucked, but I did this in Tallahassee and this nailed. And then ultimately coming down to, all right, I got two hours at the Apollo. What's going to work? And to just see it all come together like that, I 
it blew me away. And to this day, I will always look at Bigger and Blacker, <coughs> at least for me, as the pinnacle moment where I said, you know what? I don't know what I will do for the rest of my life, but it has to center around well, doing something like that. And what's amazing about Rock is each year he tears up everything he wrote in the past year yeah. and starts over. That's Because that, that's where him, because him and Seinfeld are really good friends. Yes. That's where him and Seinfeld differ on how they view comedy, which is also which is the beauty awesome to it. see yeah. two people at the top of the game have a totally different view on how to give, yeah. put their stuff out to their audience. Well, Chris Rock said that uh, for the Bigger and Blacker, he wrote for three to four years for that special. That's crazy. And then he, he practiced it for one whole year before he did that special. And again, that intricacy, you would have never known that. Like, unless he tells you that, you're thinking, oh, he probably had some jokes, wrote them in the back of a car after a few drinks and decided to work a, a, maybe a small room in New York and then do them at the Apollo. Like, that took, as he just said, years to come up with that special. And that, to me, is what makes stand-up and roast battles so fun because you truly are not sure what you're going to get. And once you get it, you're so appreciative of it. So that's why we're looking forward to everybody coming out to talk at practice live at off Broadway. It's in good. We've got, we've got some great, uh, gosh, listener audience interaction stuff planned. You'll hear a great, uh, opening by myself and Travis. It's a hell of a good time. So, uh, want to inform everybody just a little bit more on it. So I don't know. Do we Anything else before we get out of here? No, man. Yeah. Like, if again, if you're in the area, I know we're beating a drum to death, but this is an event that hey, we're really excited about. And it's been a long time since we actually had a, a live event with our audience. So we're yeah. excited about seeing everybody again. Makes sense. Gaines, Travis, Justin, Sad Rhino. <laughs> we'll just take a, uh, we'll take a quick break until Friday and come back oh, for the Uncensored yeah. Podcast. We're going to have Donnell Rawlings from, uh, you know him from the Chappelle Show. Ashley Larry in. in the building. Yeah, for We Are Live. Everybody, great work today. Thanks again for tuning in. Be sure to uh, share this with somebody. Tell all your friends, family, enemies. We encourage you to share us with enemies. Happy Wednesday. Well. A plus. We'll see you Friday. Now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network.